0: Okay, I'm here with Don Bedroe. Don is a professor of economics at George Mason. Uh, he also has he is a columnist with AIER and he blogs with Cafe Hayek, which I want a link to this in the show notes. Um, I want to point everybody to this because I think over over the years Don has sort of proven himself to be the most concise sort of puller together of complex ideas and he has this this ability to just express himself very concisely in a way that's very easily understood. So I, I think you're actually a genius in that department. So um, gone, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna point everybody to, to Cafe Hayek where you can see a lot of that. Um, the reason I... I asked you to come today is you put a couple of pieces recently. And the one that struck me the most was, it's why so gullible about government in the face of COVID-19. And this was sparked by a discuss- some discussions you had on Cafe Hayek. You had posted some pieces critical of the lockdowns. And you got some pushback. You got some people who I, I'm going to presume they're from a libertarian bent, um, or they wouldn't you know be reading your blog. Probably, right. and yet they kind of attacked you for criticizing the lockdowns. What what was going on there? Uh,
1: Gretchen, Your guess is as good as mine. It it, it, it mystifies me. Uh, yeah, most people who read Cafe Hayek come from a libertarian or free market background. Sometimes people get sent people on the left. Some some libertarians send it to people on the left, and they'll respond to me. But I assume most of these people were market oriented, and so you know, I I wouldn't. It, it doesn't surprise me that Paul Krugman or someone on the left favors lockdowns because they, they, they think government's wonderful. Everything government does, it does wisely. It does with the best of intentions. That doesn't surprise. I think they're wrong, but it doesn't surprise me. When people from a free market background uh, uh, support the lockdowns, That's a, that really mystifies me. The only thing I can figure out, and this is my best hypothesis, I'm willing to entertain others, is that there are a number of people, and it it's shocking to me how large that number is in the classical liberal libertarian camp who seem to believe that covid nineteen is a categorically different monster than anything humanity's ever encountered before, and so all all rules are are off the table, right uh, this is so bad that we have no choice but to trust the government. yes, the government is 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 imperfect it's it's venal it doesn't have a lot of information but if we don't do something this angel of death is going to sweep over us all and within a matter of months we'll all be dead and that's the only thing i can I, i i can think because if you and now the reason i don't understand it i look at the data uh i'm not a i'm not an epidemiologist i'm not a i'm an economist i can look at data uh, and maybe I'm wrong at the margin, but I'm increasingly convinced that that COVID-19 is a very serious flu uh, for old people. Uh, young people have virtually nothing to fear from it. Uh, it over eighty percent of the people who've died from it, or sixty, uh, at least in America, are 65 years and older. Almost all have underlying conditions. The very few younger people who have died from it, all, almost all of them have underlying conditions. So this is not uh, this is not a meteor hurtling toward Earth that's going to destroy us in two weeks unless we suddenly build uh, a rocket and explode the thing. This is it's a serious disease that we should pay attention to, but the but it's w- way over the top. And why people? I won't name any names. Why people uh, who have a long history? Of understanding the limits of government, both motivational and 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 informational. Why they don't understand that in this case, why they are throwing all that away is is simultaneously mystifying to me and disappointing to me, deeply disappointing.
0: Yeah, and, and what's what's interesting to me is, or what kind of at the heart of that is. You know, what if it was a giant meteor hurtling towards Earth? What if, what if COVID nineteen was this catastrophic illness, the likes of which we've never seen? What if it was airborne Ebola? It still doesn't stand to reason that we would want government dictating the solutions for that. And, and I feel like that's where people kind of lose the plot. It's like, well, so, so hang on. So you think that. In normal circumstances, we don't want government directing markets or telling people how to live their lives or or interfering with things because we know it goes badly. And here are all the reasons it goes badly. And and we're all kind of on the same page there. But if there's a really serious problem, then we want to use this dysfunctional system to solve it. It,
1: Yeah. I agree completely. I agree completely. I use the immediate example only—I I, I think I can I can understand—I would disagree, but I think I can understand someone from a libertarian background who, who, if, if there's some categorically different threat, uh, sort of saying, okay, well, now the rules are off the table. If it's truly categorically different, that's so radical, I can understand someone. But then you're exactly right. It's still the same government. It's still the same dysfunctional, venal uninformed, uh, uh, self-important individuals who who get everything else wrong, uh, if, if such a meteor is hurtling toward Earth, the best thing, you, if you're religious, say your prayers. If not, get your affairs in order because you're dead, right? Yeah. And,
0: uh, or but, but, be, or with, because,
1: yeah, go ahead. With COVID, we don't face such a thing. It's not remotely such a thing. And, and yet, I, I look around me, and Brittany, it seems to me like, like the world is going deranged in in a lot of ways. I, I tell many of my friends, you know, I have a handful of friends who seem to be in the same mental universe that I'm in. I say, I wake up in the morning now, and it seems as if either I have entered an alternative universe where two plus two seems to me to equal four and everybody else or so many other people are in this universe where two plus two seems to equal negative seven. And I can't understand them. Uh, and they probably can't understand me. That's how bizarre today's world seems to me. Either I'm insane, or the rest of the world's insane. If I'm insane, by the way, you're insane because you seem to be on the same page as me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, join the club. Um, yeah, it, it just it reminds me. And even before COVID, you know, when when there was all this, you know, the the really Marxist craziness on on campus, and and just a lot of the social insanity that we've seen over the last few years what it's been reminding me of is the cultural revolution in China. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that's the one I'm more familiar with. But when you talked with people who've lived in really authoritarian regimes, there are some similar threads. And one of them is this assault on the truth and an assault on, um, independent thinking that, you know, you've got to, you've got to, I mean, the Chinese actually called it and, we, you know, we would laugh at, at it, but they would, they would literally call it, you know, correct thinking. There's, you know, there's a correct way of perceiving this problem. And, you know, from the outside, I would go, oh, that's all those silly Chinese, you know, yeah. and now, you know, here we are, here we are doing the same thing. And it just, yeah, it, it really makes me kind of despair for humanity, because if we're this easily fooled, and the one, the one thing I kind of cling to is, well, maybe most of these people went through government schools. Maybe they were, which I've been in, and I, I have seen the dynamics up close of, of the values that are sort of imparted there. And one of the values is you don't question, you don't deeply question what you're being told. You don't, you don't question the authority of those who are teaching you. and you, you kind of, you get your information and you get truth from this other source, not from your own thinking things through or researching. And there's, you can see in our society, there's this denigration of people who do their own research, who, you know, who they're, they're labeled conspiracy theorists and all that. So yeah. I feel like this has been a long time coming. There's been a lot of sort of priming of the intellectual um, ground groundwork, I guess, that, you know, we're sort of seeing the results of something that's been been going on for a long time. Do you think so too?
1: Oh, I, I so until twenty twenty, I didn't think the world was perfect, but I was in the optimist camp. You know, I was I would write things about how the world's getting better. Yes, it's not perfect, but my gosh, I have a twenty three year old son. He's going to be living in a you know great world. Uh, much better than the one than this marvelous world that 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 I that I grew up in. I am no longer sure of that at all. Um, I take solace in, so you take solace in something, which I think is a good thing. If I'm looking for solace other than talking to sensible people like you and some other friends that help to restore, you know, my sanity, um, in the fact that uh, you, you read intellectual history and things really were bad uh right after intellectually, right after World War II, pretty much the mm-hmm. first half of the 20th century. Um, you look at how how nastily Hayek was treated when yeah. the road to serfdom. Came out. And I'm not sure we're there yet, but we're we're certainly getting closer to there. Um, and so I could say, well, we were, you know, things were really bad then. We survived that, and so if it happened once, it can happen again. But that doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen again. You know, you play with fire enough, you'll you'll get burned. On the other side of that, the other the 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 pessimistic interpretation is: we human beings have been around for a few hundred thousand years. And it's only in the past two or three hundred where civilization, as we understand it and appreciate it, has really blossomed—a a generally liberal society in which there's a there's a significant quantum of individual freedom. For most of human history, we haven't had that. And so, why should we think that? we are now the norm and we're destined to last like this. Maybe we're just living at the end of this happy blip and yeah. you and I, in our age group, we're kind of lucky and our poor children, they're going to ride it down. So I, I, you know, who, who really knows? I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'd like to be hopeful that things survive, but yes, I feel that way. And, and you mentioned the political correctness in the, in the, in the Marxist, the, the rise of these bizarre Marxist views. Um, uh, you know, I'm at George Mason. George Mason has lo- in the economics department. George Mason Law and Economics has long been known as being some of the last holdouts against uh, uh, or, 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 or reservoirs of classical liberal libertarian values and thinking. But the university itself is getting is getting worse. It's the biggest mm-hmm. university in, in Virginia. It's a big state university. The vast majority of my colleagues in history, English. Uh, cultural studies—they're all neo-Marxists. They have no understanding of the way the economy works. And 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 I hear every day now increasingly that that I am a system, system, systematic racist. And the very fact that I don't I don't I don't think of myself as racist is for the proof. That's
0: proof. That's I'm right down, there. Down right. My
1: colleague Walter Williams is a racist. Right, he's, right. He's so racist. He's even black.
0: Right. He, how
1: dare he? I know. And so, this. And so I see this more and more, more and more now. Um, and and, I, and I'm aware, you know, I'm getting. I'm 62 years old, and I'm aware that when people get older, they, you know, the, the they're looking more in the rearview mirror, and things look rosy in the past. <laughs> My, I would like again to be 39. Uh, as I'm aware of that, and I try to I try to correct for that. But here's one thing that's undeniably true. We have, ne- we Americans at any rate, have never in our lifetime, and I don't think on any length, le- you can go back to the beginning of the Republic, we've never experienced what these lockdowns are, have done to us. This yeah. is completely new, yeah. and it, it is utterly totalitarian, uh, I, and I don't care the, what the, the excuse is, what the reason is. It's totalitarian, Yeah, and I'm shocked at how how many americans just went along with it you're under house arrest okay you like going to restaurants and bars and gyms you can't go okay
0: that's the most dispiriting uh, part of it and i i understand i can understand from like from a business person's point of view okay they're the city's gonna come and shut you down whether it's whether it's right or wrong whether it's even legal or not legal you're under direct threat from the city if you if you don't go along with this. I can understand the practical motivations to go along with it. Oh yeah. That doesn't necessarily make it the right thing to do, but I can at least understand that. Yeah. What I can't understand is the people cheering for it and the people just like we no. need more lockdowns and oh you you horrible people who aren't wearing your masks. That's why we have to have the lockdowns because you're not wearing your masks. I mean, it's just it's it's that's the thing that that has just astonished me more than anything um and and to see it to see it, some of that coming from libertarians is just like i, I don't even know what to say
1: that, that's the single most mind-boggling uh aspect of it uh as we were talking about it at, at the beginning i don't know if you saw my my i do, I do a quotation of the day every day at, at my blog mm-hmm. and uh uh because of election day i wanted to do one from my, my my favorite American H.L. Mencken. Yeah. So I, just, so I looked through some of Mencken, and so I got this quotation that Mencken had about Puritanism. And it occurred to me after I wrote the quote, you know, you know, transcribed the quotation from Mencken into the blog that this this COVID stuff seems it's a form of Puritanism, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're all we're all corrupted uh, uh, individuals who, if we don't behave just right, we're going to spread sin. And we're going to spread damage to all other individuals. So we have to listen to our elders, and they they will they will they will determine how we act. And and if we dare protest, then we are we are protesting God's will. It's just that God now is science,
0: right? Exactly. It's, it's been honest. turned into a religion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and this is another thing that really it just 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 is infuriating to me. Um, I, no one respects science more than I do. I think it's true generally of libertarians. Uh, but science cannot make value judgments. I don't care how many lives a lockdown, let's assume it will save some net number of lives. That fact alone does not justify the lockdown because it comes at a cost. And science can't tell us whether or not we should lock down in order to save X number of lives. It just can't. And yet there are so many people, including some libertarians, who are saying, well, we've got to listen to the science
0: that's not what the science says. <laughs> science, does not the science doesn't even pronounce on that question.
1: That's exactly right. Now, some scientists might, but when they do, then they're not speaking as scientists. They're just yes. sharing the value judgment with you.
0: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: crazy.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way, and, and this is what's part of what's really insidious to me is that this whole presumption that that's how we look at society. Like how many lives will we save this way um, versus, you know, versus someone even, to, to put it in that to put it as that kind of question it's really looking at human beings as as cattle as livestock yep. it's like the, this is these are our resources how are we how are we best going to protect them well you know what what if grandma would prefer to take the risk of going out and hugging her grandchildren rather than staying locked up in her home or or in you know or in a nursing home where I mean, that's what's gone on in the nursing homes and the care facilities is a crime. I mean, to just even even forgetting, forgetting what Cuomo and the others did as far as bringing in infected people and forcing them to keep them there, just the fact of demanding that people in their last days or months of their lives be isolated from the one thing that matters to them in life. I mean, that's sinister. That's just... Yeah.
1: There's so or so many so many ironies in all this. This one I, yeah. I get at least in part from my my great colleague Brian Kaplan. He he, he libertarians, particularly e- economist libertarians such as myself, were all always falsely accused. You kind of alluded to an aspect of it earlier. We're, yeah. we're accused of oh, all you care about is is money. All you care about is narrow material things. Life is more than that. Well, I, of course. Of co- course it is. We understand that. I think we understand that better than most people. Yeah. Right? And so um, uh, we, and it's also true. Life is more than just extending your, 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 your existence as a breathing creature right. from a few extra months. If I'm in a nursing home, and maybe one day I'll be, if I'm in a nursing home, uh, and, uh, let's say I'm 90 years old in a nursing home. I don't have that much longer to live. And if someone says, "Well, you know, we could extend your your life by three months, but you will, you'll never be able to see your son and hug or hug your son again," so hell, let me die today. I want to hug my son. Right, right. And and these kinds of the, the, the denial of this important human need, which is not an economic need, it's but it's a deep human need. The denial by the state to individuals to be able to exercise that is, you said, it's criminal. It's just absolutely criminal. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it. It like is. Cheer, it's cheered down by so many people as well, following the science,
0: and and nobody questions the underlying presumption, which is that these decisions should be made in a centralized fashion. That these are decisions not to be made by each individual, but by some central authority because they know what's best for everyone else. I mean, it's it's just that's that's to me that's kind of the central issue is that you know do we want to live in a society where people choose their own risks, decide what they want to do, how they want to spend their time, whether they prefer a longer life or a more meaningful life, you know, that's up to each individual. Do we want that society? Or do we want a society where we're being told from some high authority what we need to, you know, what risks are acceptable and what risks are not. And it's just, it's insane to me that, that, So many people just accept that presumption that this is something the government should decide on. But I think, I mean, you, you touched on it earlier that we've, we've, our society has really turned science into a religion and I think medical science, especially. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that has to do with just, you know, not everyone went to medical school, not every, Mm -hmm. you know, people have, you know, and rightly so people have some respect for the learning of, of people who know more than they do, but they've, turned that respect into something like idolatry. I mean, they've turned it into this, and I think it does go back to our Puritan roots. It's like we, maybe we just never got rid of that because now we're being told that, you know, just being around other people, just like walking down the street, you are committing an aggression. You're you're evil and must be contained in this mask. And it's you're to center, me. It's, it's very
1: religious. You're a sinner in the eyes of an angry God. Right.
0: Know? Right. Yeah.
1: And and uh, it, it, it's so you know it, so you know the, the, I use the metaphor of the hurtling meteor. One reason why that is actually a poor metaphor is that yes, okay, viruses. Uh, for, you know, first of all, COVID is not the first virus. COVID is is we're constantly subject to virus yeah. for our, our entire history, right? It, 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 as a species. Uh, but yes, of course, there is some because inter- we're a we're a gregarious species. There is some uh, sh- uh, uh, ability for one person to to spread a virus to another person. Right. But but right, it is very much within each person's ability uh, to choose the level of of protection. If you're really risk averse yeah. and you 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 are you really have some under- and you just don't don't want to die at any circumstances. You can cart, you can cart yourself off. You can get right. a drone to deliver food to you. Uh, get, uh, it's easy to do. There is no need. So, uh, you know, if people want to do that, that's fine. It's their business. That's, that's the whole issue. It's their business, and but they're making it everyone's business.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah.
1: Dr. Fauci thinks that your life and my life is his business. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: Uh, and a whole lot of Americans agree with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because well, if you go out and breathe, there's some small chance that 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 some some atom in your body might make it over to Grandma way over there. Well, I, you know, it's it's just
0: ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and it's really my hope is that it gets to a point where, I mean, I, I kind of thought we were already at that point, but I guess we have to go further. My hope is that we get to a point where it's so absurd that everyone, you know, that, that even the people going along with it now say, okay, yeah, we got taken, you know, this is crazy. And, and that that whole narrative comes crashing down because the whole, the whole idea that we, we should have this centralized body making, making decisions over our lives, I would love to see that come crashing down. And I feel like this is a great opportunity for that to happen. But I felt that way like three
1: months ago too. <laughs> so I, I remember having a conversation with with my dear friend Veronique Derougey, mm-hmm. right at the time um, the governor of Virginia a lot announced his lockdowns went for like two and a half months, and uh, I remember telling her, I said, Yeah, I said, Yes, it's terrible, but but she said I, I know Virginians, mm-hmm. and you know after two weeks of not being able to go to the restaurants and bars, they're gonna it, it, it won't last. I, I was wrong. It lasted. It lasted, and it's, I mean, we're, we're, the lockdowns have been eased a little bit, but if he says it again, it'll happen again. I remember, Gret- I, I, re- I remember Brittany, um, right after 9-11, I was in Phoenix for some reason. I don't know, maybe the, like the first time I flew after 9-11, and I got to the airport early, thank goodness, it was on a Sunday morning, and I was surprised at how long the lines were going through security, and it's the first time I had seen uh, people being asked to take their shoes off,
0: mm-hmm. and I remember having
1: this, this very distinct thought: "Oh no, no, no! <laughs> pushing Americans too far. There's no way we're going to go along with having our shoes have to having to take our shoes off." Well, <laughs> how wrong was I?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, yep. Everybody pops their shoes off now when they fly. Of course, no one flies these days, but right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's at, at some I think at some level there's there is some point beyond which even we Docile Americans now cannot be pushed, but I'm very disappointed to find out that that point is well beyond where I think it should be
0: Yeah, um, and I think that's a mistake that I don't know how to I don't know how what to call us without sounding arrogant about it But the people who think about these things as opposed to just going along with it Mm -hmm. I think the mistake we make is to assume at some level in our brains we're assuming that everyone else is doing that too even though we can see that they're yes, not
1: I think right. I think you know right. and it i think that's think.
0: it's and yeah it's to our detriment because you know political action doesn't happen based on reason it doesn't happen based on logic it's you know it's it's emotion it's fear it's you know self-interest um, all these things that don't make sense in our brains but that doesn't matter. You know, right. what makes sense in our brains maybe isn't as important as we'd like to think it is. Um, right. And that's scary. That's scary because I feel like we're living in this world that's just dominated by base emotions and and a willingness to to not think, a willingness to just go along with what what went sold. So so yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know what to I don't know what to think about that. <laughs>
1: Politicians have somehow, they've somehow learned recently better than they have in the past couple of centuries. I think in the United States, they're just tapping into most people's amygdala, right? You just stimulate, you know, the most, mm-hmm. the most reptilian part of our brain, and we, we, we—not you and me, maybe, I, but but well, not everyone, but too many people just become become docile and they can be led wherever. It's uh, funny. Promise them some food, threaten them with some 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 danger and they become and, and
0: in this case, as you said, it doesn't even have to be a really scary danger because you just scratch a little bit and it becomes clear the nature of COVID nineteen. It becomes pretty clear what it is and what it's not. So yeah, it's um I've I've had um I don't know if you know Mark Crispin Miller, the NYU professor who's been Attacked for bringing up masks in his class on propaganda. Yeah, and you know He and I were talking about about propaganda and how
1: Yeah, I, I learned about him from through you.
0: Oh, okay. All right um, You know, what's what's astonishing he's somebody who studies this he this is, you know, he's he's deeply studied the nature of propaganda and how it's worked in the past and You would think that with everything we know it wouldn't work this time it wouldn't work again and yet Here we are. Oh, and you've frozen up. Um, I'm going to pause recording. All right. So I just I have one more question for you because you mentioned you said something about old fogies or something. And what's interesting one of the one of the interesting tidbits to me about this whole thing is that there have been some surveys done about people's fear levels about COVID-19. And what was interesting to me was that. There was a disproportionate fear among younger people, both for for themselves and for society at large, than among older people. Um, why why do you think that might be?
1: So I I, I don't I didn't stu- I, I, I saw that same thing too I haven't studied it carefully but my guess is that it, it, it that is a prime reflection of the unbelievably poor reporting done. About COVID, no context is given. It, it is not difficult to discover that COVID is overwhelmingly an old person's disease. But read the Washington Post, read the Wall Street Journal has been good in this. But uh, yeah. read the Wall, read the New York Times. Listen to to mainstream media, and you get you don't get this context. You get uh, cases are reported without without right. any without any context, without any perspective of of, of who's at risk and, and 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 who's not so or even uh, what and, the
0: cases mean
1: or, do you think, or, or that or that too um a lot of young people a lot of people like sports but but when you know the, the the professional sports leagues today the nfl major league baseball national basketball you know all the they all these young incredibly healthy uh athletes Right. They're, 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 they're treated. If, if they come down with COVID, we, the report is that, you know, superstar so-and-so has COVID and the team will not be able to practice. I think that gives people the, the, you, you were talking a moment ago, about how you know, a lot of people don't, don't think about the stuff as much as we do. So you get the typical young person. They're not, they're not looking at Twitter and, and going and, and, and going and, and diving into the web to, to get the context. All they, all they hear is that, you know, wow, this, the, the major league baseball team, uh, uh, had to cancel practice because of a player. This stuff must be really dangerous.
0: Yeah,
1: and so yeah. they they worry, and 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 they shouldn't. I teach at a college camp, I, George Mason University, where I teach is technically a hybrid this semester, and it will be next semester too. But what that means is most most classes are online, both of mine are, but some are live. I come to campus every day. I virtually never see a student. I virtually never see any student around. I see construction workers, they're building a new building. I don't see students around. Wow. Uh, and, and, and these the students at college, they they are they are not at risk from this disease. Right. Right. But they're not told that. And if, if you were to look at the at the emails and, 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 and that I, that I get daily from the University Upper Administration you you would swear that 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 this is that every, like everybody's like on the verge of being killed you can to be really careful otherwise you'll be in your grave in a matter of hours and and so the students are seeing this the faculty are seeing this the the, the staff are seeing this it, it the, the reporting is just um it, 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 it's a miasma of, of grotesque misinformation.
0: Yeah. And it's not, I don't think it's an accident. I, it's, it's, I think most of that is very deliberate. Um, one more question. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've met people who have lived through the cultural revolution in China and a lot of them are, a lot of them just laugh at it, you know, now, or, or they're very cynical about it. They came out of that with an experience of, I think a deep distrust for authority and um, and kind of a, a, a desire to just kind of be in the shadows and, and stay away from that stuff. Do you think that's going to happen here? Do you think younger people are going to go through this and come out of it more skeptical, come out of it realizing what in the end, you know, maybe years from now, what happened and take that's a more a skeptical...
1: That's a really good question. I hadn't thought about that. I'd like to think it's possible. Um, a lot of, so I, that I think, I know, depends then upon the narrative that is told about, about this. If, if sensible people get the upper hand in telling the narrative saying this was totally unnecessary, it was immensely destructive, uh, uh, it, 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 it led to this, this abu- grotesque abuse of government power, that had no upside and and, and huge downsides, if that narrative is told, then maybe they will. But I can also see a narrative being told, I already hear it, right? Boy, if it wasn't from, I I hear this from libertarian types. If it were for the lockdowns, we would have 10, 20, 30 times more death than we have. Thank goodness for Dr. Fauci and and all the all the governors, like Governor Newsom and and this guy in Massachusetts. Thank goodness for them for taking the bold steps that they did.
0: Right. If if it weren't for the lockdowns, Neil Ferguson's predictions would have had some merit. To them. I mean, uh, well, yeah,
1: it, yes, yeah. So I I think the answer to that, that very good question is it depends on what goes forward as the narrative about this. And that remains to be told.
0: And there really are, there are two kind of competing strains of narrative. It, it, to me, it's it's really a, a deeper division within society. There's a whole swath of society that takes in the mainstream narrative, I think unthinkingly, But however they do it they're taking in the mainstream narrative and then there are these guys there's ethical skeptic and um all these these guys on twitter data scientists who are really digging into it and presenting you know Ivor cummins has done some awesome i mean tons of people have done some awesome work here and yeah. are presenting the facts and you know just i have i've looked at it i haven't dug into it as deeply as they have and i'm not a data scientist but from everything i've seen there just is no evidence to support that the lockdowns did anything that they that they even did what they were supposed to do you know let alone was that a good idea in the first place so there to me there are these two strains of information you can either be getting your information from the mainstream and trusting that or you can seek it out more independently and i feel like that's sort of developing two side by side societies almost um with yeah, different I, world views.
1: I think I I, I think it's exactly right. One 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 of my dearest friends, I'm not on Twitter. Mm. One of my dearest friends is he, Yeah, well, he 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 is a really smart guy and his, his his and his wife's business of 32 years was destroyed by the lockdowns.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and, uh, and and he was telling me just yesterday that, that Twitter has kept him sane. He said because he, he finds on Twitter uh, people doing really good research. Yeah. And, and, and so he's able to look at it and judge it for himself. Uh, uh, but you, uh, what you're saying, I, I believe it's, it's correct, that so many people, they just, even people who think of themselves as being especially intellectually uh, critical and, and, and deep, they're reading the New York Times. They're reading the Washington post, right? I mean, it, it, it's it, it, uses grammar. That's different than USA today, but it's not any, it, it, the, the, the quality of the thinking is probably worse. <laughs> and, but they think, yeah, actually New that's, York times, I think
0: that's true
1: because it's New York times and they have several polysyllabic words per paragraph and it must be deep. And, uh, uh, uh but it's it these, these these back to what we talked about at the very beginning where's the skepticism yeah what, what the, the, the at least among libertarians and classical liberals libertarians and classical liberals uh have long been rightly so uh skeptical of the way the media reports on things like climate change the minimum wage income inequality occupational licensing regulation of this and that the consequences of of raising taxes, uh, uh, government schooling—they uh, understand that the press just—they don't—they don't understand it, and, and they, re- they and they and they report it in a mistaken and biased way, and then politicians respond to that. Somehow the press has become the mainstream media has, have become uh, 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 Solons and and, and yes. Einsteins with respect to COVID. And I don't understand it. It's the same press, the same yeah. press that cannot understand that if you raise the minimum wage, for example, you make it more costly for employers to hire unskilled workers. What's so difficult to understand about that? Right. That same press is now where a lot of these libertarians and classical liberals, and many other people in addition, of course, are uh, g- getting the information they accept to justify their support for these harsh authoritarian lockdowns. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My hope is again, that at some point we, we, our society comes out of this slumber or, or recognizes that a lot more people recognize they've been fooled. I hope so. And somehow turn around. Um, I,
1: hope, I hope so. I suppose things like light like, such as that have happened in the past. Uh which means the hope isn't necessarily vain, but it's, who would have thought if you and I were talking in March, say the beginning of March, um, and someone would have described for us what the course of the next eight months would have would have been. I think each of us would have said, that's a little bit extreme. I don't, Yeah, it might be bad, but it's not.
0: I, I, Nobody I would, would put up with that. Nobody no, would, put with no that. would put up with that.
1: No one would put up with that. It's not gonna, maybe it'll last through April.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But people get better. This is November.
1: They're yeah. blocking down again in in in, 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 in Great Britain. Yeah, and, and as
0: as you said, people are losing their livelihoods over this. It's it's like, well, at what point do you stand up and fight it? At what point do you say, no, I'm not gonna go along with this? They cut off your livelihood. You know what, yes. what more can they do?
1: Your livelihood you know? your ordinary human human engagement. Who wants to live their lives? doing nothing but zoom calls. I'm not complaining about this one. I'm glad we're able to do it.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, it's not.
1: Uh, uh, I love, I love, I have routines. I have various restaurants I go to and I eat at the bar and talk to the bartenders and, and, and other, and I can't do that now. And, yeah. the, the I have to socially distance and, and the neck, the person sitting closest to me is way over there and, and, uh, if, if, if I get up to use the restroom, I have to put on a mask, which is so stupid. Uh, and, and, and that's not a way to live.
0: I, it's I not. And it's also, it's, it, it's like it's really, you know, we talk about the fabric of society, but part of the fabric of society is being able to see people face to face and interact with them. And it's there's this trust that develops among people who are in, you know, even within a, within a neighborhood or a community, and, you know, whether it's deliberate or not, that's being a ero- that's being attacked. Oh yeah. And it's change. I mean, I just liken it. I-, I had a piece recently about California and how we just need to nullify the state, the state government of California. Um,
1: the do. way I see
0: it. <laughs> yeah, no, we- I mean, that's been true for a long time, yeah. but um, the way it's, it's really as if someone is waging war on us. It's as if the, the state government's, and the, the people imposing these lockdowns, when you look at the results, it's very similar to as if we were being attacked by a hostile foreign power. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me to see how other people don't see that. Um, yeah,
1: the only difference is it's insidious. I mean, it's it's, it's coming from inside. Yeah, My, my brother lived, uh, my, lives up in Nevada City. Uh, and uh, he uh, he, his daughter, who just turned, I think, 15, lovely young woman, um, my brother tells me that some of her friends, their parents have are prohibiting uh, them, their children, from socializing with my niece, both because of COVID and because my brother's household dissents from the political view uh, of most people in, in Pl- Placer County, California. Wow. And so parents are telling children, you may not associate right. with that girl. And my, my niece is not political. She's <laughs> a 15-year-old girl. She just wants to do what 15-year-old girls do. But because her father is something of a libertarian, and he's not politically active. I mean, he's he's got a construction company, but he doesn't keep his political views to himself. His daughter is actually losing friends.
0: Right. Because of this, nonsense. right. this is
1: crazy. This is... This is. It is
0: insidious. We
1: we need a cultural revolution, but the opposite of the have in China. (laughs) Yeah, culture back to one of liberalism and openness.
0: Yeah, and I feel like something something has been really broken. Something like that's a great example of, you know, where people were only a few months ago able to get along with each other, even though they might have political disagreements. It's like this has has brought everything into, into relief, into like shown a spotlight on it. And you can no longer, it's, it's so much harder to maintain those friendships or to, to even have civil conversations or or relationships with people. It's, it's really, it's, it's hard not to be divided. It's like they've, there's this new and even sharper division And it's really difficult, you know, especially when so much of it is driven by fear. You can't argue with that. How do you, how do you have a conversation with fear? You
1: know, if, 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 if if you dissent from the prevailing view, then, then you, if, and if you are, if, because you dissent from the prevailing view, people believe that you are therefore indifferent to mass, basically mass death,
0: Right, and, you're evil. You're evil if you disagree well, with this. Yeah.
1: I mean, if, if 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 in fact you were taking a position that I honestly believe would cause mass de- mass death, I, I would not like you either.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Uh, uh,
1: but but of course, the the, the fact is, uh, we're 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 not taking that that position.
0: And uh, in fact, the lockdowns are causing mass they, death. I mean, the you know, ten thousand additional children in the third world dying of starvation every month—that's right. mass death.
1: It's terrible. It's yeah, terrible. yeah, it's insane. But hopefully, 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 you're right, and somehow, some, something will happen. You know, you know, maybe whatever the result will be.
0: Maybe there will be a meteor.
1: <laughs> Save us from this madness. I don't
0: know. I don't um, know. I don't anyway,
1: know. Um, yeah. Hopefully, when we we talk next, the the situation will be a happier one.
0: I I sure hope so. I hope so. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, hopefully we can catch up in a a few months and things will be much better in a, in a, in a, in a, in a much better way and that we won't be doing this conversation on a, you know, on a refugee boat heading to God (laughs) only knows where.
1: Great talking with you.
0: You too. Thank you.
1: Bye.